Welcome to Love Extremist Radio. Being a love extremist means committing to and choosing love as joyful activism. I'm your host, Ethan Lipsitz, self-proclaimed love extremist. Love can exist everywhere, and yet, when talking about it, we all seem to define it differently. There are many environments and individuals to whom love seems lost, or was never there to begin with. I want to engage myself, my guests, and you to confront love, get to know it as it appears in many forms, and learn from others who have love stories to share. I'll focus on three frames of love, self-love, love in partnership, and love in community. My intention is to uncover and share stories that shed light on love in new and often forgotten ways. For over 60 episodes of Love Extremist Radio, I've been proud to host important conversations on love, activism, and liberation in person and face-to-face. I believe sitting across from one another and diving into deep topics is a form of meditation and an act of love in itself. Unfortunately, with the recent COVID-19 pandemic, I've been forced to embrace new methods of podcasting, which means I'm experimenting with virtual meetings and recordings at a distance. Social distancing, as they say. That said, this episode was recorded virtually. I apologize in advance for any glitches in audio quality and will continue to improve the sound with each episode. Thanks so much. All right. Welcome back to Love Extremist Radio. I am back in quarantine in my house and speaking to Courtney Ray, a.k.a. Courtney Boyd Myers, a.k.a. CBM, and Jan Ray, who are both in Lake George, New York right now. They met while dancing in a club in Berlin in 2014. They entertained a five-year-long distance love affair, traveling the world before throwing a wedding party, I love that term, in Portugal last year. But even in a post-nuptials world, they are still maintaining their love in a long-distance relationship. They're both food entrepreneurs. Jan has an ice cream business in Cape Town, South Africa, and CBM has a sustainable sea greens business in New York City. To meet halfway and start the process of building a life more together, they've chosen Lisbon, Portugal as their quote-unquote home or meeting point. But now, given the craziness of COVID-19, they're quarantined together in upstate New York for the foreseeable future. All it took was a worldwide pandemic to finally bring these two lovebirds together. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) It's ridiculous and it's true. Um, but it's beautiful. I think you have a great story and I'm, I'm glad that we get to sit down and I really appreciate you asking it, to be on this podcast. And for a while I was like, no, I can't, I can't do it. I only do it face to face. And, uh, then you were like, but it's quarantine. So what are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's also, it's true. It's like, I've had to rethink things. So um, grateful for this app, Zencaster, and for FaceTime and all the ways we can connect. So it's awesome to see you too. And I'm glad you're together. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ethan. Thanks for um, having us. Big fan yeah. of your podcast and the whole idea behind Love Extremists. And Thank you. I definitely, we get asked a lot about long distance love because I think for some people it sounds elusive or undoable. Um, so I always like to just tell people that there's how many people on the planet now? Seven billion. And it's kind of crazy if you think your soulmate lives down the street. So fair enough. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. I know. I often, so would you, do you think that the soulmate, concept is still like practical do you think that makes sense that there's a single singular person um i don't think there's a singular person but i definitely believe in soulmates yeah amazing and your soul meets another mate that's a soulmate yeah for sure i can relate to that i think i think that this the the fact that we now have such access to the world it's like there's a constant engagement, right, with just everybody around you. And I'm curious how you continue to share life from a distance. Um, what, what are some of the, the, the tools or the ways that you two engage 
to to stay connected in each other's lives when you're far apart? Yeah, well, it really depends um, uh, how you know far and what time zone we are, which is always a bit of a challenge. Um, sure. But- you know, we, we kind of set up over, over the years a, a different set of rules. Um, you know, for instance, we uh, we try not to be away from each other for about, you know, three weeks maximum at a time. And that actually uh, used to be a month and like and five weeks. So I think we, you know, our life has been about more integrating um, over time because we started from very much, you know, we were both living these nomadic life and just traveling all the time. And and it was a really slow integration process. And obviously, as you said, like all these communication tools, like, you know, WhatsApp and all these things helped tremendously to, uh, mm-hmm. to bridge the distance for sure. But more importantly, it was also about, you know, looking, having uh, something to, uh, to look forward to. So what would be the next place we're going to meet up, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. to, so we can connect physically. So it was a combination of, uh, of things. Um, and, um, but that's that's the addictive thing about long distance relationships. Right, You're right. It's looking like, for the next point to meet up. <laughs> constant honeymoon, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how did how did you know? Oh, this is something that we actually really want to commit to, and become partners, husband and wife. What like how what triggered that? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think there was a there was a few things. Um, there was first the reality of our. Our, our, of our respective lives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we had, I mean, Courtney had commitments. I had, I was a little bit more flexible at the time because when we met, I was on a sabbatical and I was starting to, uh, to invest. When we met, I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a kite surfer. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I do I was, yoga. I was like, Oh my God, I guess I'm paying for brunch. <laughs> I was a full-time kite surfer. Um, and so I, as you know, I was starting to commit some resources some time into South Africa. So, um, eventually we, we just, it became very clear that we wanted to spend some time together. So it became about how to architecture our lives in a way that allows us to, you know, drive our, our respective business life and what drive us and also, you know, make some time and, and find a way to be able to be together. Mm. But are you asking how we committed to each other? Like, yeah, well, like what, what, what was that? Like, we're, we're ready to do this. Like, let's go. Do you want to take that one first? Yeah. Well, okay. There's a few things that happen. I, um, I asked Yana if he had ever heard of the, uh, American English phrase, shit or get off the pot. (laughs) 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 That's a good one. In all reality. I mean, we were, we kept orbiting each other and meeting again. And I, you know, I, I really felt like I wanted to commit. And, um, if it wasn't, now with him that I wanted him to go off on his own path. Because for me, and this sounds so lame, but it was just very real. I think I was approaching my mid thirties and I was like, I want to have babies. And as much as you live in this, you know, ever expanding universe, there's, there's, you know, real truths around when you choose a partner in life, if you do want to procreate. And I loved him so much, but I was willing to let him go for sure. If he wasn't mm. willing to stay, and I and we sort of made that we had that tough conversation. He wasn't so sure, so I let him go, and we broke up for about three months. And I got a letter every Friday telling wow. me why we should be back together, why we should make babies. <laughs> yeah, and then we finally said, "Okay, you can come back, and we'll get back together." And then we've been together ever since. Wow. Yeah, I think the the long distance kind of works when, you know, the the mindsets are aligned. I just the, the system works for, you know, for, for both parties. And it came to a point where it was reworking really for me uh, because I had this, you know, this I was still living this very flexible life where I could be everywhere and anywhere at the same time. Um, but it became pretty clear that Courtney wanted to 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 have like more of a yeah, let's say more to build commitment a nest. to build a nest. And so, yes, she definitely uh, kind of accelerated that process and it became pretty clear when we took this little break that, that I just wanted to be with her. It, was, it, was, it became very, very obvious. So it was just not, um, it was, event- yeah, it became, things became very clear very rapidly. Ladies, it was so that obvious stereotype. You take a toy away from a guy and then he realizes uh, the toy is gone. And uh, it was way more romantic than this she describes. <laughs> way more romantic. Well, so 
but there's there's also like the reality of you both having business babies, right? So you're both running your own businesses and the foundations of those businesses exist in different places. How do you foresee kind of continuing to manage those or is one of them going to have to kind of wind down or shift spaces? How, how, how does that work in terms of family planning? Well, that's an interesting thing, actually, because when we when I started uh, Unframed Ice Cream in South Africa, it was the very early days of our relationship, but it was we had like enough strong feelings to, to know that this is what this was going somewhere. And we wanted some, to spend some time together. So what it meant is that I needed to find a way to be able to travel outside the country while biz- building this business. And so fast forward four or five years, when you look at the operation of our business, you know, I build, we've built these processes in a way that we can run this very physical business, like remotely as much as possible. So it starts from, you know, empowering our team, very flat structure, obviously communication systems, tools, but I, it, there was, it was, it's kind of building the DNA of the company for me to be able to extract myself as much as I can. So that was one aspect of it. Like he has spreadsheets that connect to the team weighing the ice cream at the beginning of the end of the day. So he'll know wow. if like someone's given someone a free scoop without recording it when he's in New York City. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Free scoops. A little bit OCD, but uh, that de- definitely... Margins, yeah. margins. <laughs> I mean, that definitely helped. And then, I don't know, we had a point where today we, you know, again, I, I go back to this idea of kind of integrating our lives. And you mentioned Lisbon, you know, as a midway point and a location where we try to build a little home base there. But I, I like looking in the next few years, I don't I don't think it's a, it's it's about deciding which business is going to live or die. You know, we're trying to to build and to keep these operations going and just to build our lives. There's a, a very tight uh, relationship between the our business and, and and our personal life. I mean, we talk a lot about business. Business it's a it's a it's, a, it's really part of our relationship for the most part. So sure, uh, I don't think that it has to be as extreme as uh, okay we're gonna let go of this uh, the ice cream business because you know we're just both a we little can never bit obsessed let go of the about ice cream it. business uh and courtney is well, obviously doing something incredible it, and courtney. is carrying an amazing mission so there's you know they, they, i don't want to see this also uh stop you know and it's the beginning of the journey for her yeah, yeah. so we've, we've also we're an online business as much as we can be and i think that's really important with location independent lives if you will um, my team has also been work from home since day one. So like in this whole quarantine mess, like not much has changed for us when right. people are like, Oh, do you want to like hang out on a video chat tonight? Cause you must be so bored. I'm like, literally like my life hasn't changed that much. I mean, we sit at home and work all day and play with our cat on a regular basis. <laughs> so Makes sense. Great. Well, that that's super flexible. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding similar experience um, in the context of my partner, Michelle, who has an online business. And so for her, these times are just ramping up her right. time on the computer and, and, and work. But um, yeah, she's very accustomed to it. Whereas I'm like, oh, I got to turn on my computer now. Haven't done that in a couple of days, <laughs> but uh, happy to do so. We're, we're all so lucky we can run our businesses online to a certain extent. So many people out there suffering right now that have, you know, hourly jobs or have to show up somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a serious consideration. Just this, the, And the questions as to whether the economy will ever come back to the way it was, right? Some of those jobs maybe won't reappear. Right. Which is a crazy thing. So what what is it about Lisbon? Uh, is there good kite surfing in Lisbon or what's what's the vibe? Not, not as good as you might think, but I became over the years, I became a bit of a, of a snob. So, you know, if it's uh, under a certain uh, win, I'm just not actually excited about it. Um, but uh-huh. no, I mean, Lisbon, I think the, the, there was a very pragmatic aspect of it initially, which was, okay, we... You know, South Africa is, is a place we, we deeply love and we love spending winter there. I mean, you know, a northern hemisphere winter down. Um, and the U.S. is obviously part of the picture going forward uh, because of the work that Courtney is doing. So there was this very practical choice of, OK, we have to make some like mid. Uh, we need to find a midway point, basically, uh, preferably in Europe and close to the beach. So it came down to Barcelona or Lisbon. 
I personally didn't want to be in Barcelona. So Lisbon was kind of a almost the only option. Uh, turned out to be a place that we really love and we happen to have like friends there like who have been living there so we have some some community so you've got community in lisbon you've got nature it's Mm -hmm. surrounded by water tons of great hiking surfing fresh fish the unfortunate thing about like california is it sort of lacks this jump get out of the water and go have like a cerveza and fish on the beach culture like portugal everywhere And the big thing too is, I mean, it's affordability, you know, like as food entrepreneurs, like we don't have to stress about going out to dinner in Portugal, like versus New York City, where you're always like, oh God, $80 and I didn't even drink wine. It's painful. Right. Um, So Lisbon's attracted a lot of uh, digital nomads um, from all over the world because of those reasons. Huh. So is there a push for Portuguese in your household or do you find that English is fine? Um, so <laughs> you take that one and I'll pick you back on it. Um, <laughs> learning a foreign language as an American is very hard. <laughs> we, oh my God. We've been, but also um, it is one of those cultures where they know English better than any European country I've, I've um, witnessed. And a lot of that's because the films are dubbed in Spanish and French, but Portuguese is too small of a market. So they never dub films. They only use um, the captions. So Portuguese people from an early age are listening to English language much more than any French or Spanish speaking culture is. Uh, that's interesting. So I'm going to take the, the opposite argument to this. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's not a reason to learn Portuguese, but I just started learning the ukulele and I'm running a business and I have a long distance relationship. Uh, it's just that ukulele is going to take a lot of attention yeah i think so too <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's a it's as a, a native french speaker yeah i mean we it's it's a it's a, something that we talk about a lot uh languages so yeah right now uh i talk french, about love languages you know yeah he talks about real life yeah exactly languages. like for now like i feel french and portuguese are, t- are taking a back seat clearly I'm personally getting on my Portuguese because I think I'm, I cannot. I spent three months in Brazil like five years ago, and Brasileiro is very different from the Portuguese they speak in Portugal. But there's it's a it's a language that I I I really appreciated when I I, I used to talk to, to talk the fifty words that I have back in the days. That's all he needed when he was living in Brazil, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. And so yeah, and I just I just want us to be able to speak. Portuguese like this if you want to connect with if we're going to make Portugal our no, place it makes a lot of sense we you know I don't see any other option for us just not to speak Portuguese and as she said it's just very easy in Lisbon which was actually came out of surprise to be honest but the the level of English is really impressive yeah it's really mm. impressive I mean when you compare it to Spain Italy or, or even France you know, to some extent I mean it's a, it's, a, it's a world of difference so we're just early days of learning Portuguese, but in the next 12 to 24 months, we should be, uh, we should be up and running. I'll be my ukulele. (laughs) You mentioned love languages. I want to kind of go back and um, dig in a little bit more. I'm curious to hear how you both define love and I'm going to ask you separately. Um, So maybe Courtney can start. What's your definition of love? For me, love is energy, a hundred percent. And it's the uh, energy that I think um, brings atoms together. You know, a lot of people call it gravity. I think there's some relationship there. We've got in um, a lot of people out there who, when you don't feel connected to someone, you don't feel love with them. And then when you do feel connected to someone, you do feel love with them. So what is that physicality of that connection? You know, even if you're not touching, you can still feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me is love. And, uh, when you, when you talk about, you know, with your podcast, looking to make the world a better place, you're probably not talking about romantic love most of the time. Right. And, and romantic love plays into it, but it's really about how we can care for each other more and more. Right. Well, I want your definition, not mine, but yeah. So for my definition, love is energy. Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I, I honestly do think that that definition applies, whether we're talking about interpersonal relationships one-on-one or the collective, right? I don't know. Um, 
if you're feeling it, but here in LA, there's a lot of tension in the air and a lot of energy around just how people are feeling anxious and worried and, and maybe concerned that they're sick or thinking that they're sick and maybe they are, maybe they're not, but um, these feelings are, are felt, right? And this energy is transmitted, whether it's a loving vibration or maybe one of panic or one of fear or other things, right? So yeah, I, I think that can certainly relate to the collective as well as the singular individual love. Jan, what's your... Vibrations is very key there because you're right. Love is not just energy, but love has its own energetic vibration. Mm. Yes, yes. So love is one of the vibrations, right? And like fear is another anxiety. Yeah. What about you, Jan? Love. Um, and, and you should tell them that you're French. So this is like... Yeah, of course. Come, you know. So should I go with the cliche? Love and croissants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, it's one of these things that, I mean, at least for me, are, are hard to put into words, but I'll try to touch on a few things. Um, connection definitely is one thing also that I, is it's defines love um, like a lot for me. Empathy, something we mentioned earlier also, is something that's um, also, um, that also a big part of it. And there's a few things. I mean, I think something I learned uh, uh, around, I'm taking our relationship as an example, for instance, but for me was also to, um, to kind of drop my ego a little bit and to look at life through a different lens and trying to, um, you know, make, I don't know if the word, the term of concession is, is appropriate, but try to, to really look at life with different lenses and from the lens of, of the people. If, if, and I want to do this effort or, or I feel really compelled to, um, um, to re-put myself into the shoes of others, whether it's mm. a love relationship or whether it's a friendship, you know, even with sometimes with my employees, I'm really trying always to, okay, cool. How, what is, what is it? feel for them um in their position so it's hard again for me to put exact words on 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 what love is but it's more um how i approach relationship with others and from a a way that is very empathetic and trying to to look at the situation from from their lenses Mm. so kind of getting into um understanding with someone else and that has an energetic component right that has kind of like a uh, empathize really um, yeah, an emotional our, I mean love I mean I feel our relationship is is pushing to an extreme because of the distance and it's it's not you know it's not an hour long commute we're talking you know six hour six hour time difference like 24 hour travel so I mean when you make a decision and you commit to that it's it's just uh you you really need to to drop your it's not about you right we have to drop the ego and your personal agenda and and to um to make decision um as a whole um and for us it's for me it's true also for friendship i mean you know we're friends in lisbon that yeah i mean it's because of this distance um i feel that there's a lot of um um dropping your own personal agenda when you just make decision in your daily life Hmm. so are there are there specific practices that you can look to that you do on a regular basis that you think are unique to your relationship um, that are loving practices. Yeah, there are, there are a few. I think. Do you want, do you want, what? <laughs> no, you share yours. Yeah. Um. Well, we have our, our date night is a big one. Oh yes, I mean, tell us about date night. Yeah. So I invested in Jan's business um, when we got back together, and in the contract, legally binding, where you know I get equity and. It says one date night a week when you're in the same city, paid for by the company. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's a business meeting. This is very serious. And yeah, we're, we're allowed to talk about business. We don't have any rules like you can't talk about business on this night or whatever. For us, talking about business is really fun. We have opposite skill sets, so it tends to be really productive. But um, That's one thing, yeah. Date night. date night. I think something that's a little less scheduled is... I think we both, so we, we kind of share a common passion for ocean in general and just specifically, you know, water sports and kiteboarding. Um, and talking about things that you look forward to, we re- really good at holding each other accountable to, okay, wh- what, when is our next kite trip? And this is, mm. 
really something that gets us excited. It's very stressful right now that we don't have one. Yeah, that, I mean... <laughs> we, we don't, we we, don't know what's going on in the world. We in Lake George, but until recently, the idea was to go to Costa Rica, so but yeah. just to surf, whatever. But I think that our common love for, for the ocean is it's it's uh, something that... Um, I don't know if it's a, it's a practice per se, but just looking forward to the next, you know, trip is is a super exciting thing for us to uh, to talk about and discuss and plan. And then morning cuddles. Yes. Ooh. Now we touch on the on the language, like, I guess. I am one of those people where I want to get right out of bed, go drink coffee, go do yoga. But if I don't make the time to do at least like two and a half, sometimes three and a half minutes of morning, no, more, could be more morning cuddles, it doesn't go over well for the rest of the day. Wow. So that's amazing i'm very i'm very very needy with my physical touch yeah mm-hmm. that's his love language I, I, yeah i need cuddles i need uh i need touch a lot wow yeah are there are there any kind of like quirky or things that you might think are kind of weird about your love connection that you'd care to share like the silly things that you laugh about well, right now, to be honest, the relationship we have with our cat is completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, and I, to be honest, like three weeks ago, I, I would I would have never thought that I would get into it like this. It's it, that's ridiculous. Quarantine, sure. just the two of us and our cat. It's like we're putting so much attention on her. It might as well be a newborn child. Yeah, I mean, it's borderline abusive. The amount of cuddles that we. T- we took her on a hike. We gave her a bath. She was on a leash on a mountain two days ago. Oh, wow. Amazing. She, she sits on the dining room table and eats with us. This is like, yeah. It's Serious. She was eating Serious. vegan veggie burgers with us last night. So that's weird. Nice. They're meat eaters. I don't have this anything like quirky per se, but that's something that comes pretty often. It but, is the, you know, the look that people have on our relationship is for most people, very unusual, especially from, you know, my friends in France or in this uh, more um, conservative, yeah, conservative or traditional culture. It's very unusual. Mm-hmm. And most of the time we have, we have, you know, it opens convers- interesting conversation, but I had like multiple cases where it, it comes with judgment first. It's like, yeah, there's definitely something that's not right in your relationship. So yeah, we, we, uh, I'm aware that it's not the usual path that we've chosen and definitely not the easy one um, for sure. Yeah. Can you just say that one more time? You cut out multiple cases where. Yeah. I, I was saying that it, it happened like quite often that people look at our relationship um, in a, a bit of a judgmental way. I mean, some, sometimes it just opens very interesting conversation on how we do it and it triggers some very nice conversations. But I, I had instances, especially with a, you know, friends of friend in France or, or in Europe, where it, it came, they came from an angle of a bit of a you know judgment and 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 did not understand what's going on and and give you the feeling a little bit that you know we're not doing it the right way. So yeah. that's yeah, like it, it's we clearly sometimes the feeling that we're not do, we don't have a a very a, an unusual relationship basically. Or a lot right. of people will ask, oh, well, you must be in an open relationship. Mm. Or, um, and I don't mean to stereotype, but a lot of women look at me when I tell them I'm in a long distance relationship and they look at me with a lot of fear. And they're like, how do you know he's not cheating on you? Um, and I think that, that that fear of fidelity is a big part of why some people are afraid of long distance relationships. But I know just as many people that are cheating on each other are living both in New York City as <laughs> than, than anywhere else. So sure. I don't think it has to do so much with the distance as it does with the relationship. Yeah, you're right. And like to go back to the, the definition of love and the connection bit, like I've never, even from the very, very early days of our relationship, I, I missed the proximity, but I never felt disconnected, like not even a second. It's funny mm. whether we were talking, you know, daily or I just always had this this sense of presence for some reason. So that's a good definition of, of love for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, that 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 kind of almost like that energetic chord. Yeah, speaking to the yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the frequency. <laughs> cool. So, what's the longest you've been together in the same physical space, like the same 
city? Seven weeks. Wow. I think it was and, seven weeks when we were in Cape Town two years ago. Okay. And that's also and so, the longest I've not traveled. Right. <laughs> Which is horrible. So, well, so now how many weeks have you been in Lake George so far? Oh, day one, seven. Day seven, yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> day seven, no symptoms. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious, um, you know, what are what might be some of the the challenges or things that could come up that you might not foresee um, or when you were together for seven weeks? Like, were there things that you saw that you didn't realize you would see uh, in that proximity? Yeah. I mean, be, before you start, you know, <laughs> unpacking, I'll just start by saying nothing. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. No friction, only love. So as far as I'm concerned, there was it was actually perfect. Go. I have a few things. So <laughs> I think one of the reasons that Jan and mine and, and other long distance relationships can work really well is when two people are extremely independent. Right. And um, Jan and I both, we, we recharge by alone time. Although I think one of the definitions of love is that when you're with the person you love, you feel like you're also in that alone time space, right? Um, mm-hmm. So like when you're cohabiting. And uh, I guess there's just a few things like uh, in the morning, the the music. Like I, I get up and I want to listen to like meditation music and he gets up and puts on Queen. Nice. Really, yeah, abrasive. (laughs) But other than it's only on this trip that we actually realized that yeah, we had very different music choices in the morning. I want to listen to Ram Dass or like you know, just like yeah. So that that came up. That came up. It's true. Yeah. Um. But when we were living together for those seven weeks, it was super intense because half of them were with his parents. Um, oh wow! So that was like a whole nother level of special. Um, but generally, when we're together for long periods of time, it's just like we're—it's so easy. Like all we really love doing is just working, cooking, sleeping, working out, and that's like our happiest. Hmm. Do you ever get to a point where you realize, like, okay, I need to do something for myself? Like, I'm—I'm I'm in a moment where it's just like I just need to cool down, perhaps some solo time, and. How do you communicate that effectively? So Courtney is very good at communicating this. Very just, you know. I start stomping. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like uh, so that she knows how to do this really well. Um, again, I think we uh, we are very comfortable spending time with our own self. You know, like we are, uh, like we both. I think I mean Courtney is obviously you know community builder and amazing with people and and knows how to navigate social environments very well i'm a little it's not necessarily in my comfort zone but we still both have i think um you know introverted personalities so recharge by being yeah exactly and it never i never felt i mean i don't i think it's the same for you but um i never felt uh that i can do anything for myself go for a run or like you know take off a weekend with friends i mean it's it it never been Unless for around like important dates, which is, you know, obviously normal, but um, ovulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never, I don't think we've never felt the, you know, the, it's easy for us to, to, yeah. to do our, our own we, thing. We both so. deeply respect one another and ourselves' need and desire for alone time. Nice. Nice. Have you learned new things about each other since you've been quarantining this last, besides your love for the cat? Um, <laughs> Have has there been new discoveries in this last week? Well, what first? How can I say that? You know, there's there's things you can control and things you cannot control, and I I got better over the years being very comfortable with the thing I cannot control. So just an hour before we got on this call, for instance, you know, South Africa called for a 21 day lockdown. So, which obviously going to have like you know, severe consequences on, on our business and operations. And we're talking employees. I mean, obviously it has like, you know, um, it's is a ice cream decision. an essential business. Yeah. So we, we're going to try to navigate the, the, the definition of that, but I would argue it is. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would argue it is too, but I think there's, yeah, something maybe I learned is just, I'm, I, I'm not as stress or as, 
yeah, stress that I thought I would be in that kind of situation. You know, we're going to make decisions to protect our guys and, um, and you know, we're going to brace for impact. But I'm looking at this, you know, in the in the longer run and it's um, surprisingly at peace during the, this time, really. Yeah, mm. I think he's been a little more like big picture about it. I kind of am like, but I'm in the middle of a fundraise. And he's like, Courtney, like this is affecting everybody not just your fundraise and i'm like okay you're right (laughs) um so you know i think regardless of what the situation is the world falling apart you know just we are always balancing each other really well and and not to say that like there's just a lot of days when you'll get really cranky and i'm the really positive one and vice versa and we don't even do it intentionally. I just think that's a, a really good sign of a healthy relationship. Yeah, I mean, Courtney is the ultimate survivor, right? Like, she something goes by, she's like, yeah, we're going to do this, and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And, and it's amazing, because I think that's uh, the attribute of amazing entrepreneurs. And I think I'm learning to just going, you know, with the flow in that instance. I'm like, you know, we just need a little break. Yeah, he and, can go with the fine. flow, because I always have the camel back and the canned soup. Yeah. Right, got it. You're prepared. But, uh, yeah, I feel it's, uh, you know, we constantly, as you said, there's a very thin line and a very blurry line between our business life and our personal life. So, and it's, you know, as you know, you know, we kind of always on, you know, we always carry our laptops everywhere and we might, you know, kiteboard, go to kiteboarding trips, but, you know, we open our laptop two or three hours a day. So I kind of took this one as, okay, maybe that's a sign just to take a break, really, because there's nothing much to do there. And I'm doubling down. And she's doubling down. (laughs) Oh, great, great. We're all being told to take a break, but not everybody is taking that advice. Yeah. Um, So I see you both as people that are really interested in optimization in the sense of being prepared, but also just like continuing to grow, right? Like as our culture and, and, and like, I think as entrepreneurs, we're committed to learning and to deepening our relationships with ourselves and with our communities and with our partners. Are there things that you're actively doing to um, kind of deepen your relationship or study healthy relationship and, and, and how to mix it up or, or, or continue to evolve? One of my favorite courses that we did was uh, Andrew Simpson and Layla Martin's course. And we didn't get very far into it, which is shame on us, but there was like a whole hour on pussy massaging. That was probably yeah. like the greatest thing we've ever done for our relationship. Great. Well, there was also a whole hour on, 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 on penis massage, which was equally as good. So I don't want <laughs> to, to let people think that it was, it, they were both very good. <laughs> but, Excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have done like we meditate every day together or apart. I think that's huge. And it's it's cannot it doesn't have to just be like closing your eyes for 20 minutes. It could be just literally listening to Eckhart Tolle's views on COVID-19, but just doing Mm. something that feels spiritual and calming. And I think also for us, like, um, being really physically active and pushing each other on whatever we're both working on. So like, I'm really into yoga. He really wants to jump in the freezing lake every morning. So we've been doing that. Um, Yeah. I think we, we, we both love a good challenge in very different fields. I mean, I'm kind of always, yeah, push, push, push. And Courtney is more about, okay, you know, stretch, 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 stretch. (laughs) Exactly. That's a good analogy. Um, And so, that that's been an amazing thing for 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 both of us actually to yeah. kind of grow in you know like uh, on a personal level just to expand a little bit our, our horizon and um and that's something that yeah that's almost daily right when you call me out just to okay, get on the mat and then I'm like now we go in the water <laughs> so it's, a, <laughs> it's just it's a good we have a good balance in that in that regard that's cool I I, I think. So this show does kind of look at love in three frames, right? We look at love as self-love, interpersonal love, which is kind of what we're talking about a lot, and then collective love, which is really kind of love for the world, right? What we're doing in our personal purposes to give back, whether it's making amazing ice cream or, um, you know, taking care of the planet and the earth and 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 
harvesting uh, kelp and and different things. Like, I think there's all these great opportunities to look at love in all these frames, but I do believe that interpersonal love has an element of give back to it. Do you recognize where you may be as a couple and in a relationship creating this kind of picture that is supportive of others? I don't know if um, in the, the, the context of our relationship, us as a unit, there's nothing obvious that comes to mind, but uh, maybe you'll have a few ideas. Um, but I think in our respecting fields, like, you know, definitely Courtney and the missions she's been doing, I and mean, it's all about that, right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you just try really to build a, most, a, a more empathetic way to, and more empathetic relationship with nature and oceans and everything. Um, on, on my side, for me, there was a very interesting social challenge when I got to South Africa, which was to kind of flip the dynamic of what the employer-employee relationship was, you know, which was in Africa is a very abusive relationship. It's a very top-down um, approach. And so when I got there, I think, the you know, the premise, um, I'm touching on the business because, again, it's very intertwined. But the reason we started on frame, we, have, we love ice cream, but, you know, I keep tell my guys it's we in the business of, of happiness it's about you know showing a good time to people and the only way to be able to do this is to have deep down into the structure of our, our business and our, and our employees and our guys to be able to to interact with um, um, between each other and with our customers in the most empath- empathetic way possible and just to break this very toxic pattern especially in the hospitality business of these abusive relationships and that's a daily daily practice like that's on our you know calls every week just okay empathy guys like you know uh and so that's more i feel on the personal level is something i think we tap into um almost daily because on the way we just drive our businesses now on the couple level yeah i think you know i think you've pointed something out i think there is a for us to be able to, as a couple, give back, we haven't done that. You know, I think that part of it's like the selfishness of building a new relationship and just getting married and having your own businesses and building your businesses. And, uh, you know, my work with Summit means that I'm in service of other people all day long, but our, as a unit coming together and our love as a unit going out there and, and creating more goodness, it's not something that we've done yet. And I think you we would benefit a lot by living in the same location to be able to have that effect on our local community. Yeah. But like to be that, that now we're touching, I'm a little shy by nature. And I, I like putting myself in a situation where, you know, we would be around a room just sharing why, I mean, yeah, I think we touching on, you know, the, my, my French education and just, you know, I grew, I grew into, I'm an Americanized French in a certain extent. You know, I grew into opening up and just sharing more things, but I come from a place where it was not really the norm, you know, uh, especially when you touch on relationships and, and love. It's not something you, uh, you know, I look at the analogy, the way I interact with my French friends and the way I interact with my U.S. friends is a completely different dynamic. We just don't talk about love too much. It's, we will m- almost make fun of it, really. You know, it's always so... We rarely in have France, a you mean. serious conversation around, around it. So I think it's, it's, I'm naturally a little bit uncomfortable opening up to this. If somebody comes to me, to me in a small circle and have a conversation, yes, but proactively go out there to our community and say, hey guys, let's, you know, we want to share a little bit of what's been working for us, makes me feel a, a little bit uncomfortable. Well, I, I, yeah, and I don't mean to say you two um, are or should be. Um, you know, consultants on what a long distance relationship should look like or any type of relationship should look like. I think from where I sit as an observer and a friend of you both, um, I do witness you sharing and supporting each other um, and also sharing each other's projects and passions for the ocean, for travel, for community, um, for great food and, and, and um, lots of different types of lifestyles. And I think that seeing that um, as, a, as an observer from the outside, I think you are giving something in that your love is emanating, right? Like the energy and the frequency of your love is something that other people can ride, right? And can see. 
Um, and so I think there is something really powerful just about that without necessarily attaching it to here's our purpose as a couple, right? This is our mission. Um, because you also oh, I was both like, have we really... have to do volunteer work immediately. <laughs> I got so stressed out for a second. So no, <laughs> yeah, I think that, I, I, I... go ahead. Oh, there you go. No, no I was, I was just going to say something. You, yeah. I could, you on what you said is there's something really cool that happened at our wedding actually, because it was a very small wedding. And I think a lot of feedback we got after this wedding is that for a lot of people, there was a lot of couples and, you know, a lot of them came to us saying, I mean, we, this wedding was a, a very strong mirror for our relationship and just to, you know, and a, a very, a very potent filter of how serious our relationship is, you know, for a lot mm. of people, because I think there was a very special energy around this wedding and every, like everybody recognized it. It was, we dosed everyone on Molly. So that was a big part of it, but. Oh my God, this is going live. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's a lot of love. Um, and we did have a few breakups after the wedding. I think people realized they weren't in the relationships that they wanted to be in. Wow. That's really powerful. How do you think they realized that? Like, what was it that flipped the switch? You know, like Connie said, or you, the way you introduced, uh, um, you introduced us, you, you mentioned this wedding party. It was, you know, it was, it was a midi wedding festival. It was three days. There was, it was very flowy. It, it was not very traditional in the, in the, you know, European sense of the world, uh, of the word, sorry. So it's, there was really an energy that was special there. Uh, and our friends were there. I mean, it was all, it was very, it was, it was just a big bundle of love, like for our best friends trying for all over the world. So I think it's a very strong filter for people, you know, to, uh, to look at this and say, I mean, would we, if, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't speak for them, but if I was, you know, when I go to a wedding, I try to look at wedding and say, cool, if I, if I was up there with my future wife, you know, would, would the energy would be similar? Would people be as excited, you know? And I think that speaks for, for the, the energy that the, the couple just radiates in some ways. Mm. You know, we've all been to weddings where like, oh, that was amazing. There was really something like that, you know, that was special. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There was a there was a couple moments too when you you realize the adversity that you overcome to be in a long distance relationship and to make that work. It is hard work and you do that for true love. And I think some people were like, would I be with this person if I had to get on a 20 hour flight every three weeks to see them and to make sacrifices in my personal life and my business? Or am I dating this person because, you know, we met and we both live in Manhattan and we both like the same restaurants and we get along really well. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the, the frame with which you qualify your love is so the stakes are great, right? Like it not only is it about distance, but it's time and it's real commitment and, and, and you have independent burgeoning lives right and so the fact that you choose to convene every three weeks at, at least and 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 be together is a really powerful testament to that connection and so i can see how that would yeah, make people be like oh. like there's there's a lot of people who uh i mean at least in my in my french circles who look at this oh you're always on holidays and it seems very like there's a lot of compromises and that that go into it you know like we are we have a, an insane amount of love for each other but we still are very ambitious individual and tr have like you know ambition for our own businesses and and yeah if we were together in manhattan raising vc money and just building this in the same place it would obviously be you know easier to um so that this notion of compromise is something that we we have to to work with like a lot you know it's, i mean there's a lot of conversation that go into this really yeah i'm sure so when you talk about having a family, how, what's are you, are you starting to engage in in those conversations or, or not quite yet? Oh yeah, we totally are. <laughs> uh, but it, it does mean that your travel schedule is now um, not your own, and it's sinking to a monthly cycle. 
Um, and I think when you we're going to be hit with like a crazy bunch of bricks of reality when we have a baby and then we're trying to travel with the baby. And, and so we are working on building this home in Lisbon quite quickly, uh, but safely, obviously, and structurally sound. Uh, but the idea here is, is when you do bring kids into the world, um, you are going to be able to have as much freedom. And I think on the flip side of that, you don't need to be a traditional, like, you know, the way we were brought up with, with parents and a white picket fence and, and, and that either. I think right. that the world is changing. We've just seen what happens when every university goes online, when every school goes online. I've seen preschoolers going on Google Hangout to see their fellow students. So what are the positive things that might come out of this when it comes to building a world that's more digitally connected? Like, Why can't our kids have friends in South Africa and friends in Lisbon and friends in New York City? So I think we want to give them the right amount of foundation and give our relationship and our future family that, but also build in freedoms that maybe didn't exist for us growing up. Wow. That's awesome. And, and a great way to look at it. It's like, yeah, how can you continue to instill the principles of your relationship as you kind of root and, um, and build a family? So we're coming towards the end of our conversation here, but I, I'm curious to hear from you. Are there anything that you want to kind of share with this audience that's passionate about love, but also, um, you know, changing the world and, and, being right now in this time specifically, you know, what are, what are some, some ideas or thoughts that you have for the love extremist radio audience? Yeah, I know. I think people right now are realizing when you can't leave your house, that love is just a phone call or a video chat away. Hmm. And to this idea um, has been such a big part of our relationship in global family. And we have like our crew of people in London, our crew of people in Lisbon, LA and San Francisco and New York. And to just not let the physical proximity define how you build your global family. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, our one love relationships part of that, but it's reflected in the deeper ways that we build friendships too. And um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the same, in the same vein, I feel I've been, I've, you know, I've been talking to like very close friends and family more often over the past like two weeks that I've done, you know, maybe in a year. So maybe, yeah, there's definitely a lesson here and something I try to constantly remind myself and is just, you know, like re making a habit to reach out constantly, you know, distance is not an excuse not to, to reach out, you know, in different ways. So, um, yeah, I had an amazing child, my one of my best friend, like you know, an hour ago, like on on subjects and things that were uh, that were deep and profound and things that don't happen often. So um, I think one of the lessons is when all of this is just a bad memory, just to keep on doing that. You know, but I feel it's a recurring subject, but it's for us we're like constantly kind of busy, and it's something that we tend to forget a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, making to time to, to connect with. Yeah. And recognizing that it's not so hard as we might think it is just to reach out and send a message and have a call. Totally. Well, I'm so grateful that we got a chance to connect and, and talk about your love and share this time together. Time of COVID. Exactly. Love in the time of COVID. Well, Michelle and I have a Instagram, love in the time of quarantine, and we're doing oh, like a little Instagram live. So feel free to check us out. This little yeah, plug. we'll send you a lot of pictures of Kitty Pecan. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Speak, but speaking of uh, speaking of plugging, where do we find you two? What's the best places to discover what you're both up to? So uh, I'm at CBM on Instagram, and the companies that we run are at Life Akua and at Life Unframed. 
Yeah, exactly. And if you want me to find uh, find me on Instagram, uh, you just have to uh, to check out at CBM and Courtney's <laughs> Instagram account, which is um, because I'm not very active on mine. And yes, nice. as you said, it's uh, at Life Unframed in um, on Instagram for our ice cream business in Cape Town, and we're just in the process of of um, building the foundation for our European launch. Yeah, and if anyone out there wants tips on long distance relationships, <laughs> just give us a call. We're hanging out. <laughs> awesome, Quarantine love that. Consulting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll you get yeah. Hit up Courtney at CBM, and she might have some additional tips after this conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I I think there's a lot there's a lot you have, and your experience really shines a light on uh, a just a. A very type, uh, an interesting type of relationship that exists in our generation, maybe more so than it did in previous ones. And you two are both um, really beautiful symbols of how that can work um, in a in a real way. So I'm inspired by your relationship. Thanks and us. thanks for having us. Yeah. So to take us out, what's your favorite love song? And you can only choose one. So have you have you already chosen? Yeah, we so because you asked us this question in advance, we spent all Saturday night getting drunk and listening to the songs that we fell in love that fell in love to like the first two years of our relationship. Amazing. I know. It was such a good walk down memory lane. And um is this the song right here? Session release, yeah. Defense. Are you sure? Oh yeah. Wait, that guy? No, not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's Catch Me from Deep End. Yeah, I'm on it. That is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know this song? I don't mm-hmm. know if I can play it loud enough. Why don't you say it out loud? Oh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Shoot it over my way and we'll play it on the outro. Yeah. Okay. So everyone can hear it. Uh, it's from. But, um,. Thank you. I'm I, I definitely happy to share that and glad that it's part of your love story. It makes it even more special. We'll send it over. Thank you for having Thanks, us. Thank you, Ethan. Absolutely. Thank you, Jan and Courtney. This has been Love Extremist Radio. If you dig the episode, please share it with friends, especially those who might be in or considering long-distance relationships. And we'll see you next week. Take care. There's a place I go to when no one knows me It's not lonely, it's a necessary thing It's a place I made up, found out what I made up The nights I've stayed up, counting stars and fighting sleep Let it wash over me, I'm ready to lose my feet Take me off to the place where one reviews life's mystery Steady on down the line Lose every sense of time Take it all in and wake up That small part of me Day to day I'm blind to see And find how far To go Everybody got their reason Everybody got their way We're just catching and releasing What builds up throughout the day It gets into your body And it flows right through your blood We can tell each other secrets And remember how to love Steady on down the line Lose every sense of time 
Take it all in and wake up, that small part of me Day to day I'm blind to see and find how far to go Everybody got the reason, everybody got the way We're just catching and releasing what builds up throughout the day And it gets into your body, flows right through your blood We can tell each other secrets and remember how love da 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 Da-dum-dum-dum 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 Da-dum-dum-dum